0: Today what we're going to be doing is looking at out of the Gospel of Mark. And before we get into this, what we've been looking at the past few weeks, we took last weekend off, uh, myself and some of our youth and a few adults. We were at Mingus Mountain which is uh, just north of Prescott and we were on top of a mountain and we actually got snowed on. It was really, really cool to uh, to get up there and get snowed on. It's been a while since I've had the the beauty of waking up to snow. so. Uh, all of us were a little, little impressed by that. A little muddy, but it was, it was. But we also had a great weekend. Uh, I can't say enough about our wonderful youth leader Carla, and just how much he had worked to put that together. Yeah. And then Paul Barton and Veronica, they were there as other adults, and it's just the fact that we have amazing youth. I mean, we have kids that sometimes maybe we want to. I'm talking about my own here, he was there, <laughs> maybe, but, but it's beautiful, it's amazing to see what, uh, how they process and how they think through things. And, and sometimes, as, as we can always say, oh, kids these days, but when you allow our, our youth to really, to, to see their, their, the way they think through things and the, kind of the way they open things up in their mind, it's, it's a beautiful future that, that we all have, thanks to our beautiful kids. Um, it's a very, very exciting time for us. Um, but what we were doing before that is we're in in kind of in the middle of the sermon series right now called Risky Business. And what this talks about in a nutshell is being a Christian um, is is risky. And I don't mean that in the way that Christians are persecuted. I don't want to get into all that. What I mean is any time that we have to stand up for something we believe in, that any time that we have to try to make changes in our lives, whether it be our very personal lives, whether it be with uh, in our work environment, church environment, whatever it may be, there's always risk involved in that. And so what we've been talking about is kind of, how do we kind of get through those, the riskiness? How do we wade our ways through? And, and Jesus was an amazing example of his ministry of how risky it is to kind of come out and to be who you are. Jesus, you know, had to go out and to speak to people who did not want to hear him speak. Jesus had to say things that people did not want to hear. Jesus had had to get through boundaries in life. You know, had to go eat with the sinners, had to go sit and do things that everyone else looked down upon. How did he make it through that? And what lessons does that teach us? What does that show us about how we should maybe look of living our own lives and how can we get through? Today, what we're going to do is kind of focus on boundaries and, and kind of... Sometimes there's a need to extend boundaries and sometimes there's a need to completely break open boundaries um, in our world. And and how does that look like and and, uh, maybe how do we do that? How did Jesus do that? How did he go about breaking boundaries? How did he go about standing up for things that he truly knew were right and good? So that's where we're gonna go today. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna jump into the Gospel of Mark and this is in chapter five. And really what we're seeing here is two stories into one and I'll just begin by reading this to you. Because she had heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothes. She was thinking, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. He responded, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace, healed from your disease. And while Jesus was still speaking with her, messengers came from the synagogue leader's house saying to Jairus, your daughter has died. Why bother the teacher any longer? But Jesus overheard their report and said to the synagogue leaders, don't be afraid, just keep trusting. Now that, of course, is a paraphrase of all those verses. There are three crucial people, okay, four crucial people, but one of them is asleep until the very end. And what we're talking about here. First of all, we have um, the woman, who they kind of refer to as the bleeding woman. We also have Jairus, who is the father, who is a synagogue leader, which is very important to note that he's a synagogue leader. We have this girl who um, dies. Again, she doesn't do anything until the very end, where she gets up and rises again. But then, then, also, that's a joke, by the way. Get it? She's asleep. She doesn't do anything. Then she wakes And <sighs> finally, what we do is we get to this guy named Jesus, who happens to do a few things himself. So what we wanna look at first is just to explain how, how the scripture looks is, let's talk about the, the bleeding woman. She is a, uh, first of all, her number one, the, the one big thing kind of going against her, first of all, is that she's a woman. What's also going against her in this is that she is bleeding. In this, with, with the continually bleeding, her, her uh, menstruation cycle never ends, therefore what's happening is, is she's always impure is that she's always someone who is not welcome to come into temple. She's not welcome to basically come into houses. She's not welcome to come into relationships with people. She's not welcome at all because she is always impure. There are very strict um, purity um, rules of that day and age, of, of times where you had to, when a woman was in cycle that she would have to be away from people during this time that she would become clean again, then she can come back and be in the temple, come back and be around people. So you can only imagine how ostracized, how um, out in the dark these women must have felt during that time. Well, this woman continually had this. So she was a woman, so that doesn't help you in this day and age, in that day and age to where she she wasn't someone who was having children so her ability to have children was gone so that took away some of her worth she didn't have she was not married she was getting older she had all this stuff that just showed that she again was kind of like a not even a second class citizen but like a fourth or fifth class citizen everything was going against her anything that she had built up any type of money any type of Spices or oils that she had built up she had lost because she was paying doctors to try to help her and that was not working So now she has no real way of supporting herself. And if you can imagine for 12 years having this So now she has come to the point to where she's heard rumors. She hasn't seen anything She's heard rumors and she's heard about this guy Jesus and how he can heal and her, her, her belief is that if she can just touch his robe, if she can just touch him somehow, that maybe, maybe she'll be healed. That is what her heart is telling her to do in her mind, and she'll do nothing to stop at that. So she takes it upon herself where she could be humiliated because she's having to rush through the crowd. She's having to be, she could be pushed down or pushed aside. I mean, she's, there's, no, there's no reason that anyone is going to do anything to help her. But she has the courage to do what she believes she needs to do to be healed so that she can live a life again. So she makes that leap of faith. She does what she believes she must do and she touches the robe. And Jesus says, your faith has healed you. She had the courage to go and seek help. She had the The idea in her mind that there must be something amazing about this Jesus fella. And she had the courage to do so. Jesus was on his way to Jairus' house when this woman had touched him. Now, the big thing about Jairus is he's the opposite end of the spectrum of this woman. One, he's a male. Two, he's a Jewish leader, leader of the synagogue, meaning he has power, he has money, And people come to him to beg for help. People come to him to ask for things. And he has that power to say yes or no. He has that ability, that power to do things um, that really this woman could never dream of doing. That most of these people who have gathered could never dream of doing. So what he does is he throws himself at the feet of Jesus. Now throwing himself at the feet of Jesus, you may think, wow, that's real faith. Well, the thing is, is that what he is sacrificing by doing that. All these people know who he is. They know that he is the the leader. They know that he is in charge. And all of a sudden you have this guy now who um, is a strong Jewish faith, believing in this person who claims to be the Messiah. This person that all the higher ups, are looking at, saying is, is causing trouble, all the higher-ups are saying is a fraud, all the higher-ups who are saying is creating drama in their synagogue, in their, in their area, and now you are going to go beg for his help. This leader is risking everything for his daughter. This leader is, is risking his power, his wealth, his authority, so that possibly, maybe, his daughter will live. And then we have Jesus. What is Jesus risking? Well, we know the end of the story of how this goes. Jesus continues to do things. Jesus continues to make decisions that affect people. He continues to to say things and to heal and he continues to do ministry. And what this is, is creating more and more of a power struggle between the Jewish leaders, between the Roman leaders and Jesus. And he is made more and more out to be the bad guy. He's made more and more out to be someone who's going to take away their power and authority. Therefore, little by little, Jesus becomes more of the enemy of the state. And eventually we know what happens to Jesus. But he does this because this is what his father wants him to do. He does this because he knows what is good and right for people. He does this because he wants people to understand that power as you know it is no longer the way it will be. That this is a new day and age to where people of of any class are welcome to God. That all people are of worth. That all people deserve love and support. That all people, all people, are beautiful children of God. What this scripture does to us is it makes us have to look at boundaries and barriers. What the scripture does makes us have to really look at our own lives and kind of make the decision on and look back on, one, have we broken boundaries for the good of what we believe Jesus would want us to do? And also, what are we doing now? What boundaries are there in place now? What, what is holding us back now? That needs to be open, that we need to be talking about, that we need to be working for. Now there's a whole lot of different opinions of what church is or what church does or what God says or what God doesn't say. We have all these beautiful rifts in religion and we have all these beautiful arguments, but at some point we have to realize, and we, I think we can agree on, is that as a Christian, we're called to serve others. I mean, Jesus was very, very explicit, and Jesus washed other people's feet, showing servitude. Jesus served the body and bread in Holy Communion. Jesus went to where the sick people were. Jesus spoke out against those who were were tax collectors and people who were swindling the people when he throws up the tables in the temple. Jesus is all about social justice. If nothing else, we can agree That Jesus loved the people, and that Jesus wanted people to be and feel that they are children of God, and that people who are hungry should eat, people who are being persecuted should be embraced, that no longer is it eye for an eye, but now it is love your enemy a whole new way of thinking that Jesus has brought forth and, and you and I we, we know in theory that this is how life should be. The hard part is, is taking a stand on that sometimes. We have a lot of fear ourselves of, of what we should we be doing. We have a lot of fear too, of what will people think of us if we do this? We have all this fear and that is within us of, of will we be persecuted if we go out and try to help and serve others? If we try to do this, well then someone's gonna call us that. If we try to do this, and this is they're gonna push us back. And what we're needing now is a lot of courage from a lot of people. And you know what's scary about all this, on a side note, is that right now we are in such a place as a people that I'm like, please, nobody speak out anymore. I'm tired of fights. I'm tired of all the political crap. I'm tired of all the religious crap. I'm tired of all the stuff that we argue about and bicker about and the details and things like this. I'm like, if anyone else speaks out, that means there's going to be another fight. And, and how many more fights do we have to have before we divide further? And it just kind of becomes this, this mess. And at what point, when is it right to speak out? When is it not right to speak out? When do we try to cross borders? When do we not try to cross borders? And, and that's the hard part in this is that we know that what is good and right and true is to be a kind, good, gentle person who serves and loves God and others. But there's going to be times in each of our lives where we're going to be put to the test of what are we going to say? What stand are we going to take? We have an election coming up. What stand are you going to take? We have decisions to make in churches. What stand are we going to make that we stand? We have decisions within our own families, in our jobs. At what point does the almighty dollar go, pay, go to the back seat of morality and goodness? We're always forced to have to make decisions that are going to affect how others look at us and treat us. You and I are always gonna to have to make decisions on what we say, what we do, That at night we have to look ourselves in the mirror. How do we feel about the decisions that we've made? I don't really have an answer at this point. I wish I could say I'm going to show you a funny movie. Or I'm going to say some some quirky thing that's going to make it all better. But the thing is, is that each of us have to take a peek and see what our motives, I guess, are. You know, it's, it's kind of one of those things to where I think when you make a decision, who is going to benefit because of the decision or what you say? Who's going to suffer from what you do or what you say? What good is going to happen? What good may not happen? And those are hard things to really take a, a peek at. Especially when we get into a place now to where there are such important, big decisions that we have to look at and that we have to to wrestle with and and things like that. And so to me, it becomes a place to where all of us, one, have to realize that there are consequences to everything we say and do. I think we can agree on that. But we all have to take the spot, take the place to where we have to figure out, one, is it also, is it worth doing? Is this Facebook post I'm about to post going to do any good? Is this letter I'm about to write to this friend going to do any good? Is the phone call I'm gonna make going to do any good and bring justice? And those are the decisions that each of us as individuals have to make. And that's what's hard about this. I mean, when we look at examples in scripture, we're looking at a A parent who loves their child so much they're willing to do anything to do that and the thing is I think all of us whether it's for a child or whether it's for a loved one that we will go to the nth degree to try to do whatever we can do to bring some sort of healing but this is everyday life that I'm also talking about I hope that we don't just make big decisions and decide to be strong when only cards are on the table such as death such as destruction. But how do we make our decisions in life? Because every decision we make is gonna be risky some way, somehow. I guess what I wanna say today is is that all of us have God inside of us. We do. All of us have this little part of us that, that allows us to help make the good, right decisions. And we also have amazing people in our lives who aren't scared to tell us if maybe we're on the wrong track. Maybe we're on the right track. We also have amazing things called books and computers and internet and amazing things like actually going and listening to gather all the information we can gather before we make a decision. We have doctors and counselors and all these people who are trained to help us make decisions. To help us make decisions about our health, whether it be physical health or mental health. We have ministers and we have all these religious folk who really, really enjoy sitting talking about faith and crisis and dilemma and things like this. And who really enjoy helping people try to wade through those waters. So we have all this around us. But are we willing to tap in to that knowledge before we make a decision that is gonna have consequences to it? Are we willing to be able to sometimes you know, say, hey, I know I've been saying this for a long time, but maybe I'm wrong. Or maybe I'm not completely right. Do we have the ability to let our pride down long enough To maybe not completely change our mind. But to allow ourselves to see a different viewpoint. A different side. We cannot become people who are so desperate. That we are willing to suffer for 12 years. We cannot become people that are so desperate that we are willing to give everything up that we're going to risk everything about our livelihood, everything about how people look at us and respect us. I mean, do we want to get to that point to where things are so high and so tense? Or do we want to begin to really start to look at issues of our day and our age now? that we want to start to kind of really look at where these these arguments are that we want to start to take a peek of where these 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 things that divide us are that maybe we need to think about opening and and taking a peek at and yeah i i could say the big issues homosexuality the big issues of immigration big issues of of, of religion big issues of, of political stances things like that all those things but i also mean in our families i also mean in our relationships with those people who are right around us are we willing to have conversation with them to break boundaries down that we know need to be had are we willing to make steps to make things to where we can have good discussion and that we're able to Forgive, and that we're able to be in a place to where we can find some sort of peace of mind, some sort of peace of heart. Everything we do has consequences, and I hate that because the older I get, the more I'm realizing that. But it's the world we live; it's the reality that we face. But more importantly, the God that we have has given us more than that. The important thing we know is that we have the ability to make decisions. We have the ability to do things that that will encourage and inspire others, but we have to want to actually take the time to learn to educate ourselves. We have to take the time to really really allow the world, the, the people around us who we love and trust, to help teach us. We have to take the time to get our bodies and our minds right and good so that we can walk forward with some confidence. So that when we speak, whether it be to a large group or whether it be just to a a person right next to us or to ourselves in the mirror, that we have this, this ounce of confidence within us. That we truly believe what we are saying and what we are doing is good and is right and is true. Today I beg of you to think about All those boundaries in your life. I beg of you to to really reflect upon all those issues that are going on in our world right now. And when your children or grandchildren or small children down the street or a teenager or someone who is looking up to you for advice, that when you answer them, you're able to answer them in a way that has some sort of meat, knowledge behind it. If we keep doing what we're doing now, all we're gonna do is keep butting heads. We're gonna keep growing further and further apart. That is not what God hopes and prays for us. It's not what we hope and pray for our children, for our future, for ourselves. Educate yourself. Know what it is you are fighting. Know what it is you are going up against. Allow us to think before we speak. Allow us to simply do what needs to be done. As long as it's done with the good of people. Without people being harmed. Without people being shoved away and persecuted away. Just like Jesus did for us. Finally, it's amazing what happens when people Cross Boundaries, there was a beautiful couple in the first church that I served. Well, okay, I knew her. He had passed away long, long since. And um, she was right around 100 when I went and saw her every month. We spent time together. Found out that when her and her husband, um, you know, decades and decades earlier, they were in a small Methodist German church. And on one side sat the men, and on one side sat the women. So what happened then, all of a sudden, some Sunday, they had decided that they love each other and that church is important to them and they should be able to do church together. So they came in and they didn't go each way. They went and they sat down together. Oh, the horror of how people must have felt, how the world was going to crumble that these people had done this. They had made the decision. They they knew that there would be consequences. They knew people would be upset. They knew that they would shock the world. But they also knew that they wanted to be together in church. They also knew that they were going to harm no one. They also knew that God wants us to be together. God, blesses marriages and and they want and they were going to do whatever it took to simply show that their marriage that they are blessed and they will sit and be together they knew the consequences they believed in what they stood for and could explain it and talk about it and they did it and from that day on that Sunday on husband and wives sat together. Beautiful. Let us pray. Gracious and awesome God, boundaries surround us. And some of these boundaries, O oh Lord, are amazing and good and they keep us safe and they keep us well and they must be taken in, to, to, and, taken in and embraced. But Lord, some of these boundaries keep us Keep others from access to you, from access to equality, from access to being people who truly are seen as your children. Gracious God, allow us to break down our own pride. Allow us to do what needs to be done so that we may serve you, that we may serve one another. Gracious God, we know that we will be called names. We know that people will look down upon us at times, but we cannot stop the fight to show the beauty of you. Gracious God, grant us the wisdom to do what is good and what is right. We ask all this in your son, Jesus Christ, most amazing, wonderful, beautiful name. Amen. 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 Amen.